Okay. Welcome back to the Star Tribune's Talking Preps podcast. I'm David Levake, and I'm very excited uh, to welcome Andrew Law from Moorhead Boys Lacrosse on the show. Andrew, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I think we've done 200 of these podcasts here at the, at the Star Tribune, and so the memory, uh, things kind of blend together. The memory isn't what it was, but I, I think I can say with certainty that you're the first outstate coach to be on the podcast so this is this is great I, I'm, I'm glad to have you aboard i'm waited to be here yeah and i i i know i can say that that this is the first uh, interviews that that we've done and, and the first podcast that we've done since the spring season started uh, i think we had a little bit of a time where once the winter tournaments ended uh, you're always kind of waiting to to see how quickly things will get rolling and it was a little bit of a, a delay this year. And, uh, and so we, we didn't really wasn't much to talk about, but you know, now we're in that groove and something that, that I wrote about as, as the person who oversees lacrosse for us in the spring is that lacrosse is in this place right now, as we enter it's we're into the second decade of, of lacrosse as a Minnesota high school league sanctioned sport. And I was talking to coaches about, this this duality of some regression but also still some growth and when the subject of growth came up uh they, they pointed to outstate programs non-traditional areas as they called it and moorhead jumped right to the top of that list and i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that uh, on the boys side you went to the state tournament last year and how have you what kind of feedback are you getting from from your uh, peers in, in lacrosse coaching because they're very they're very excited to see that Moorhead is, is starting to establish itself. And what are you hearing from, from uh, lacrosse coaches about that? You know, uh, everyone's been uh, pretty welcoming. Um, it, as we start to kind of sow some relationships uh, in the lacrosse scene with other uh, high school squads, um, you know, the coaches have been overall very welcoming. Um, I have had a, a small handful that have, have, you know, kind of gone above and beyond and uh, given me some insight and some, some guidance. Um, so uh, the state as a whole has been very welcoming to us. And obviously we are thankful for, for our run last year. Um, so we're, uh, we're recording this on a Thursday morning on Friday. Uh, you'll play at Minnetonka. And then on Saturday, you'll stay in the twin cities to play at Minneapolis. I know that Minnetonka came up to your place last year. Have you been able to arrange any other home and home uh, situations with other metro area programs? Well, we we've added some, and the uh, I guess the 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 nuances of those relationships I'm maybe a little disconnected from yet. Uh, my AD manages a lot of of that. Okay, um, but I I do know that you know we have. Uh, a really good uh, strength schedule this year so i'm hoping that those are all leading to to home and home um, experiences we, we obviously have some of those with um, teams that are a little bit closer to us uh, geographically but yeah. yeah you said teams that are closer closer to us and i look and you guys <laughs> you're going to play lacrosse <laughs> any, any sport you got to be road warriors up there <laughs> you got, that's, that's, that's correct. yeah every game is a two-hour ride 
So, two plus. Uh, what um, you said that there's a very much a welcoming uh, atmosphere. Tell me a little bit about, particularly after you went to state last year. What are you hearing? You know, as we talk about growth and and lacrosse emerging in other areas. What, what do you hear from, from outstate coaches? What do they want to know about your experience? Because, you know, the program only became a high school league sanctioned sport in 2019. Uh, as far as my, as far as I can tell, mm-hmm. what do they want to know about how you've done it? What your best practices have been? Uh, what, what do you, what do you, what kind of questions are you getting from lacrosse peers in greater Minnesota? Yeah, it, it, there are, there are some areas that have reached out with a, you know, how have you done it sort of question. And that's a big question, of course. Um, and I think it all trickles down to, you know, your feeder program, your youth association. And I guess for us, you know, we're obviously not tied into um, a lot of um, not being in the metro area, not having, uh, you know, the clubs and the summer programs all um, kind of greased, if you will. So um, the youth association and <clears throat> that feeder program is, is integral. And that's kind of what had to happen, but um, we we also had a, a, a jump start because there was already a, a, a Moorhead, a Fargo-Moorhead community of, of a, a lacrosse club happening. So um, it was a matter of splitting off from that, which um, uh, led to the development of, you know, a, a U, U14s and U12s and really starting to solidify Moorhead as a standalone. Well, and you said it's you know, when you when you get that question asked of you, it's a big answer. It's it's a nuanced answer, and, and you talked about the development of the youth program. What else? What else goes into it? What are what are the maybe couple of the two or three top things you'll start to, to to discuss with people as far as things that they might be able to use in their communities? Uh, I would say, um, you know, if you're if you're if you're looking at forming um, the uh, sanctioned high school sport, you know, there's um, a large portion of it is, is booster program. And you also have to see that the programs developing from both boys and girls sides. Um, so you have to have numbers and that's where I guess the youth association kind of how it boils back to that every time. But um, you also have to have a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of t- it's collaboration, I guess, and a lot of uh, interested families, you know, yeah. because it's really a family sport and it's a community sport, and um, it, it has to be nurtured that way. And um, there's a lot of financial backing to just upstart a team. You know, you have the jerseys, the helmets, the gloves, so that that whole equipment side. Um, you have to have that one big infusion to really kick things off, right? What uh, going to the state? tournament that's such a carrot for people what was that worth as far as did you have I, I don't know if it's something you can really track at the high school level per se if I don't know that necessarily 10 new kids came out or maybe that you know something like that happened but where are you charting the the, the positive effect of, of getting to the state tournament and the visibility and the, and the validation really that that brings uh, I mean, I guess I feel it in our, our strength of schedule this year. Uh, we've got um, a lot of really uh, strong teams. So we, we've played Shakopee. We've got Minnetonka, Minneapolis, uh, Irondale. Um, you know, I think just uh, that's that's kind of how we fed 
off of it. And I mean, just, it was such a, an unexpected gift. Um, but not to say our, our boys weren't working hard for it. Um, but the, the run through the, the semis and the finals of sections like that was just, it all felt like a Cinderella story. And, uh, you know, we had seniors coming out of the woodwork and we had our captains delivering and, you know, we just kind of caught fire and, and, and rode the, rode the wagon. So. Yeah. Rob Horn, Vanilla say Margaret, you, you drew them in the, in the first round. And of course they went on to win the championship last year and, they put a they put a kind of a spanking on you, but he said he said afterwards I I I said to their coaches what you all have done is monumental for Minnesota. Forget the scoreboard today. Uh, was that your message to the guys as well? Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, uh, it, you know, we we had a group of boys who who had been out to state tournaments uh, in in you know, cross sport athletes and that were kind of, I guess, um, familiar with the, a lot of, uh, the steps uh, and the emotions, I guess, that come with it. Um, but then, you know, as a whole, I guess the, the message was we made it, we, we put us on the map and that was, that was there long before we played the nail course. Um, you know, we made our mark in our section, which, sure. you know, which is excellent. And, you know, we have to be thankful for the teams that were around us and, and, and with us for that, the Buffalo STMA, um, those, those squads were integral to us kind of developing in our early stages before we were even sanctioned. Sure. I remember boys collaboratively teaming up to form one team in the summer just because numbers were short and things like that. So, um, yeah. The, uh, I know way back people, find it hard to believe, but way back when, when hockey was first getting going at the, at the high school level in the, uh, in the thirties and forties, there were coaches that were successful that didn't even know how to skate. And then more recently when soccer uh, came to be in, in the seventies, you had coaches that basically, Hey, you, you coach another sport. Why don't you come over and take soccer? I mean, I think, I think Doug, that was Doug Woog uh, at South St. Paul. And then there's more that, that fit that. Now, when you get to lacrosse, I feel like there's been a lot less of that. I feel like coaches have come in uh, with experience, whether they're former players or they're, they're much more, more well-versed in the sport, whether you're talking about yourself or, or Caitlin Rude, the, the girls coach at, at Moorhead. Is that true with the two of you? Did, did you have some lacrosse credentials before you became coaches? Yeah. Uh, definitely. I know Caitlin played high school. Um, I, I didn't have it as a high school option. I picked it up college club, um, and just kind of fell in love with the sport college. So, but then as far as, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I say, where did you go to high school? Um, I grew up in Fargo. So I went to Fargo South high. Okay. And when you picked it up in college, what college were we taught? Which college? Oh, you? so I was at uh, NDSU and then I, uh, so I played for uh, the Bison in the MCLA and then also uh, with the University of North Dakota. I actually started uh, the men's, reenacted, I guess, a, cl a club, uh, the club lacrosse scene at the University of North Dakota in the mid 2000s, circa 2006, I want to say. 
So that gave you an that makes you an ideal person to to come in and to help you know keep Moorhead rolling. Was, was some of that experience from college was that integral to what you brought to Moorhead as as far as getting things rolling? Yeah, I had to write bylaws and act as president and find coaches and um, ascertain the equipment and reach out for funding through the school. You know, all of that um, I think kind of led to me getting the opportunity that I had to, to be the head coach for, for Moorhead. So um, I conveniently was, um, I shouldn't say conveniently, but I was uh, out of the coaching scene for the two years before this, the sport became sanctioned, uh, just simply acting as a dad and chasing a couple kids in diapers. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but when they got out, I got back into coaching and the timing was just right. I had a friend of mine, I was talking to him uh, the other day about this podcast that was coming up and, and he had, I, I, I forget exactly his connection. I, I think he has uh, a son in lacrosse, maybe both of his sons, but he sent me pictures of Moorhead coming down to the city. This is 2000, June of 2018. So I don't know what your involvement exactly was, but he, he said that when they got down here, they, they, uh, they needed uh, bodies to fill out their squad. So they, they had some kids from White Bear, and then they had White Bear jerseys that they that they used because the team colors at least were both black and orange. So, so they had this very kind of very humble, uh, you know, sort of you know patch it together and make it work aesthetic. Uh, were you were you part of that? You you know what I'm referring to? I I do know what you're referring to. I I wasn't coaching on the scene at that time. That was kind of okay. my hiatus. But um, I do know that there's a well-mended relationship with, uh, with White Bear um, and that we, yeah, that have done some of that collaboration similar to what I was referring to with STMA. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. The, that's that's um, the stuff that makes, uh, makes lacrosse just feel like a community event, you know, teams can bond like that and give each other opportunities, so. Yeah, you know, to that point, I think that a lot of if you go across the sports landscape, I think most coaches are in it for the right reasons of, you know, being around young student athletes and 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 teaching and coaching and and trying to develop life lessons. And I also think that they're generally advocates for their sports. And I, I feel like that's very very strong in lacrosse. Do, do, do you get that same impression as you're starting to get to know people and? and make your way around the programs throughout the state. Definitely. Yeah. That's just, that's, that's how I feel. It's the vibe I appreciate. And, um, you know, I haven't seen much of, of, of the latter. The, um, one of the things that, that I was thinking of in a broader sense, I always, I felt bad for anybody who was trying to launch any kind of a business venture in 2020 because of the pandemic and because of how everything shifted with people being able to socialize and, and get out and, and patronize businesses and spend their money. And I thought, geez, how did any people survive? And then, you know, you talk to the effect that it's had on sports and some of the cross coaches have said where we struggled that year is that we didn't even get a chance to get that season started uh, because we start late and and we lost a lot of the casual players that you need to get to supplement the the kids that are really into it and that, that that really do a lot of training and camps. We didn't get those more casual players, the ones that you can develop and coach up. 
And I was thinking, geez, you know, if, if now you're at, now, you know, Moorhead had only started with sanctioning in 2019. And then the next year you run into that. How much of a obstacle was that to overcome at the time? Well, I, I think our, our 19 season was a, a good, a good, a good teaser. We had a, uh, an awesome group for our inaugural season and had a couple of key players drop in the first few weeks um, of the season to injuries. But um, I think that that lull of the year obviously gave us a greater appreciation for the sport as, as it, it did for the vast majority. But it also pulled out, um, I, I don't think we lost that fire. I think we okay. were still new and, and, and I guess, you know, uh, niche in our own way to, to the school environment. And I mean, we had um, a couple of really key players pop out for 21 um, from other sports. You know, one in particular, in my mind, was uh, a, a starting basketball player who came out and just delivered for us on our man down unit for defense, you know? Yeah, and that, that leads to what I was going to ask. I did not uh, cross-reference your various uh, sports rosters at Moorhead. Where are these are, are these kids, a lot of them multi-sport athletes, and, and what sports, if so, what sports are they coming from and, and then joining lacrosse in the spring? Or do you get football? You mentioned basketball. Any hockey? What, what's what's the uh, demographics look like that in that way? Um, the vast majority are, 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 there is the overlap with hockey, I would say. Okay. Um, which uh, is a blessing because those kids come out of the hockey season extremely conditioned, um, ready to play, uh, not scared of the GBs. And um, so, you know, they're, I, I would say, that, I, I don't know if I, I, you could don't quote me on this, but I'd say we have about seven players on the starting okay. roster, the roster that um, are off of also the, the hockey roster as well. So, there's a pretty good overlap in that sport specifically, but then yes, we've picked up a few from uh, football, basketball, and by pickup, I mean obviously they're they're adding lacrosse. Yeah. What? So how it, is it? Is this more about just do you supplement that with some kids that come up and have a lot more lacrosse experience? I mean, what, how does how do you do you have, do you have some of those you know, come, for lack of a better term, the hardcore lacrosse kids? You, is that still the bulk of what you're doing? Yeah. Yep. I'd say it's, it's, it's um, pretty split between those cross sports and, and, and now we're just really starting to solidify some um, off season programmers and uh, kind of more elite club. And, uh, and then of course we're starting to fully realize the, that, that transfer out, right. The drop of the seniors and who's coming up from that U14 level and, um, greeting and welcoming, welcoming them as they close out their U14 seasons. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the first couple of years, I guess we were still just kind of focusing, hyper-focusing on ourselves um, and, and just kind of taking what we get, whomever walks in the door from 14s or from other sports. But now, uh, you know, early registrations and a little bit more planning and, and, and foresight. We're starting to kind of uh, look at look at and evaluate that sooner, rather than in the moment. 
Sure. We mentioned this weekend you're in town for a couple of matches. What, how, how would you kind of, what does this weekend mean in the context of the seasons? And is this, you're three and one and coming down to play. I don't want to paint the city schools as, as the ultimate level to strive for necessarily, but will you, is this weekend big as far as what you'll learn about yourselves here uh, at this point in the season? Uh, I, I would say it's integral. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, um, it, you know, we, we, we were lucky to have Minnetonka at home last season. And um, so a lot of our players saw that team already and they played, they play a real quality game. Um, they can, they can play fast paced, but they can also burn you down uh, slowly. So, um, you know, we have to come out and, and not force out errors early and, uh, keep the game keep the players off the box. Um, but yes, I mean, that's, this is a, this is a real litmus test for us. Uh, obviously worst case, we come home 500 and we learn from it. Um, but that's worst case. And you know, it can only go up from there. So, well, sounds good, Andrew. Uh, play our game, well, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, as I say, uh, just in closing, just wanted to thank you again for coming on, and wish you and the Spuds the best here as the as the very short, but I guess still kind of long lacrosse season rolls rolls along. Um, we appreciate you stopping and talking to us about about Moorhead's role in, in the growth of the sport and, and uh, everything that you've got going. So thank you very much and, and best of luck here as, as the season keeps going. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Andrew.